I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. September 3rd, 2011. Close to half a million people hit the streets of Israel, 300,000 of them in Tel Aviv, wielding their megaphones and posters, shouting at the top of their lungs, Ha'am doresh tzedek chevrati. The nation demands social justice. This was the climax of the 2011 social justice protests, which took place in Israel. What started as a small protest against the rise in housing prices quickly transformed into a national phenomenon that took the country by a storm and encompassed a wide range of issues from healthcare and taxation to schooling and public transportation. At the head of the movement, Daphne Leaf. Daphne graduated Tel Aviv University, like uh, one of these two nice Jewish boys, and became a film editor following her studies. But that's not where this story begins. It begins the day she received a letter ordering her to evict her apartment of three years. We are very excited to be joined by Daphne Leaf to talk about her life, about the protests, and about social justice. How are corrections. you? Corrections. Corrections? She, she was making corrections. the correction faces. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what, are the, what are the corrections? And if we have time, the Bible, you know? It's just, it's, we don't have that much time to, to, yeah, spot, no, to speak don't. about all of that. Um, but we'll do the best we can. But quick corrections. What were the, what were the I wrong I didn't get points? a letter from my landlord. I got a ah, phone okay. call. Okay. Um, okay. It, wasn't, uh, the can, na- yeah. it wasn't the nation demands uh, social justice. It was the people demand. The people. Okay. Ha'am? Ha'am is the people. Okay. Uh, in that way. Um, yeah. And it started from rent. Yeah. Ah, okay. Not from housing in general, but it started from rent. Well, I think and housing... it grew into housing. Okay. And from housing, it grew to social justice. Okay. okay. Yeah. And there were 10% of the population on the street. And I'm pretty sure that there were more than 300,000 people in Tel Aviv. Yeah? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got my numbers from Wikipedia, so it's oh. not the most reliable. No, but, you know. unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, you just uh, released a few months ago or a year ago, the new movie? A year ago. A year ago. Yeah. And the movie depicts the story, your story, right? So what is the movie about? What is the story from your perspective? Um, well, I didn't, you know, I, I studied film. I have a degree in film. But during the movement, I wasn't thinking about making a film. And, you know, I had no docu- documentation. Uh, a lot of the footage you see in the documentary. Which is called? Uh, Before My Feet Touched the Ground is actually was actually shot by a guy called Jonathan Pichotke who worked for one of the news channels. And it's a funny fact that a few days after I uh, opened the event, um, you know, he wrote to me on Facebook a message saying, I want to do a story about you. And I was like behind the scenes sort of person. Um, so I wasn't really eager, but I really wanted it to to succeed. And I was mm-hmm. already giving my word that I'm doing it. So I decided, okay. But little did I know that his intention was to make a piece of how I'm going to fail. That so was his intention. That was his in. intention. He was sure there was actually a, a <clears throat> vibe going on and like a conversation and you know, uh, the cafes on Fridays in uh, the city or whatnot, that people go out on the streets everywhere around the world. Even the Egyptians are going out and we are the only suckers who are not. 
So, um, you know, he was very pessimistic about okay. the success of it. And he got screwed over because he found himself running after me and making the uh, like the long pieces for uh, Channel 10 News. Yeah. Um, you kind of got that sense, I guess, like from behind the camera, he makes some comments sometimes right. where you're like, wait, this guy is actually kind of critical of this whole thing. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so it wasn't my documentation. Mm -hmm. And I remember even during that summer that I used to tell him, like, listen, you're getting the most access, but I'm not going to get you in it, into the room to see us fight, you know, because a lot of times fighting is just a part of stress and whatever because you are from the news so you're going to get it out of context so i mm -hmm. suggest you just quit your job <laughs> and make a documentary because nobody has that much access you know um but he didn't and i thank him to this day um so without it you wouldn't have a film yeah basically, basically. um and what happened is that i don't know if uh, you ever it ever happened to you that you decided to do something and in less than two weeks you know you exploded media-wise and you know all of the structures and yeah, the country yeah. would just clash in you in like 200 miles you know per hour yeah one um, time an episode of ours got like 12 likes <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty exciting but it's very stressful and also you know i actually pitched a tent and moved to the street so i didn't really have like even an apartment to you know cuddle in yeah. and escape so um i didn't think about making films but eventually, like a year later, I found myself really in despair of trying to figure out what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And also understanding as a, you know, filmmaker uh, or ex-filmmaker that I have a very, very uh, unique situation where I have the education. I actually have footage that I can get out of uh, the channel because there there was a lot of footage and I actually had footage on my phone that... You know, that I, I only started to capture things, you know, on my phone. I also remember you posted on Facebook asking people who have right. footage it's, to send it to you. It's very, very strange, by the way, to kind of recollect your memory Rush and your point of, point of view from other people's point of views. Because I have different recognitions of that time and different memories than what people captured, obviously. So, but I thought like, wow, this is a perspective that you never get to see. Because it's very unique that you have so much footage from such a movement. A person who actually was a part of the leadership of it that had has a, a you know a filmmaker's uh, education and mm -hmm. most importantly a motive <laughs> to try and What's face. What's the motive? I think the motive, first of all, is the challenge, you know, of doing something as candid as possible and wanting to make a good film. I think that documentaries and I think that artists in general you know uh, when you are when you have principles in what you do is you don't try to manipulate the footage and you kind of get into a journey of trying to understand and search for answers so it sounds really romantic how I'm saying it, it was, was actually hell making the film because I was really post-traumatic actually and watching the footage in the beginning was very very difficult um, Why were you post-traumatic? Um, just because of the amount... Post-trauma is defined in many ways, you know, as life-changing event that creates, um, you know, impulses, you know, and certain reactions, you know, in order to kind of try to skip pain. And 
although it was a, an amazing opportunity and I feel privileged, it was also very uh, difficult, you know, because you, every person who becomes active, you know, who is an activist, goes through the uh, stages of uh, being angry at the public, uh, feeling like it's us and them, um, being a bit, you know, being a bit, a bit paranoid. Paranoia has like a stage, um, identifying with what you do. Um, and also the heartbreak, you know, when there's a gap between your hopes to the translation and, you know, reality. Um, and also it was just really, really extreme because it wasn't small. It was like, you know, it's like, like from zero to a hundred in a really, really short period of time. Mm -hmm. So just the amount of data, the amount of, uh, human experience, the amount of criticism, the amount of, uh, coverage, the amount of criticism within the coverage, the amount of, uh, uh, you know, uh, like trolls that came from government, from, you know, big uh, corporations, different agendas, you know, also the the wounds that you meet, you know, in the grassroots of people who have been strong their entire lives and they recognize you from the media and they just fall apart, fall apart in your arms, you know. So these kind yeah. of things also change something within you and also it doesn't really help to also get arrested, to get prosecuted by the state. Your and hand I broken. Yeah, so just... I think that when you run on adrenaline, am I speaking too, too, too much? I'm, no, I'm not sure. no, no, no. Um, I always have the tendency to like talk too much. That's why we bring guests. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can relax. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, but, you know, just, just the extreme of it, you know, um, was really, really high and you need to deal. And actually it took me a year to kind of stop, you know. Uh, the film actually starts with... It's not a nostalgic film. It's about, you know, also the heartbreak of it and also the aftermath of it. So it's not linear and it's not about the movement. It's a very personal film in that way. But so it seemed almost uh, almost uh, masochistic in a way because it's like to go, I, I feel like to edit that film, you have to relive the whole thing again. And again and, and again like, and again. You know, you obviously were going through a very troublesome time and to, to edit it, you have to go through it again. It's a, Right, it's... well, it's a good thing that, you know, like you don't push for change a lot, you know, mm -hmm. alone. You don't make films alone. So I didn't edit the film. There's an editor. But and... you probably sat and watched yeah, of course, version after version. Of course, version. and also I had, you know, a lot of different changes within the time. And it didn't, it wasn't that easy getting funds in the beginning. Like mm -hmm. the door wasn't that wide open. And, you know, so you all... So it was difficult, and making films is difficult, and doing anything as an entrepreneur, you know, uh, is difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel very privileged, you know, to experience that part as well, because I think dealing with what happened to you and also being accountable for it is, you know, one of the biggest presents I got um, in order to also do things better. How do you and feel? to be able to also share experience and, you know, yeah. also maybe... You know, yeah, I, I the the most amazing responses I get to the film is from are, are from people who are you know in leading positions or people who are activists or people who who experience that first uh, love, you know, mm -hmm. and also first heartbreak in that way, and it's very very. So, so you spoke about like the disparity between the hopes that you had and the outcomes. That can you tell us a bit about what the hopes were in the beginning? Let's uh, let's actually. And go the back. Also yeah, let's go back important. to the beginning and talk about what exactly happened. 
at the beginning of the film, which is that you were thrown out of the your apartment, more or less. At, in the beginning of the film or in the beginning, in the beginning of, of the, of the protest? Yeah, in the beginning of the protest. Okay. Because uh, the film starts, yeah, the for- film no, starts the a little films, differently, but uh, yeah. yeah, but but yeah, but at the begin, I mean, it's towards the beginning. How did of the it film. start? Yeah, the movement. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you want to know? Because twenty eleven so, was also like a time of awakening all over the world. Yeah. So I can tell you my specific. I'm saying uh, personally, you you get this call from your landlord. You're evicted from your apartment, and okay. then you set up this event. What are your what are your hopes at that moment and what are your hopes throughout the process? Okay, so personally, I had a very bad year. Okay. Okay, and this is very important to understand. I had a very, very shitty year. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I, was, I was working as an editor and like a job that I didn't, I loved my boss, but I didn't really like j- the job itself. It was a home improvement um, <laughs> reality TV show. Ironically okay. enough, it is like quite um, ironic. Yeah. yeah, and um, you know, um, and you know, the pay wasn't that good, and sometimes I wouldn't get paid in time, you know, because of uh, the way that freelancers get paid a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And um, I was working all day alone in front of the computer. I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to that. And also, you know, I was under the impression of, you know, that system. That I that you know I was educated on that if I choose early enough the things I want to do and I push forward for them and I have good grades and I you know I'll tell I'll, I take every job I possibly can and I pay my dues, you know eventually I will have some sort of uh, success yeah. and I will be able to do what I actually want to do you yeah. know and I want American to- dream. In Israel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think that this is actually a part of the problem, you know, the meritocracy that is like, has nothing to do with Israel. <laughs> in, in Depends who I, you ask. Okay, I'll, I'm going to already give the disclaimer. I, I, I probably very much disagree, but I'm going to, I'm going to step back for a minute. We'll talk about the ideas maybe later. Okay. Okay. Um, but basically that contract between what I do and the process, yeah. you know, how I'm doing it to how it's going to affect my life and you like see the fruits to my work. It was kind of like broken, mm-hmm. but mostly I was lonely, I mm. think, because, you know, and I felt always in competition and mm. always measured myself, you know, to others. And, you know, also, so I would work 10 hours a day. And then after that, I would go to a bar and meet people in a time where everybody really wants to kind of run away from themselves, you know, so it's like, Mm-hmm. everything is like really dark and mm-hmm. i remember actually going to a bar and kind of looking around and saying like okay i'm out of here like you know i'm like in the end of the food chain i'm gonna go because all you do is compare i think that probably young people now nowadays have it even more difficult because of instagram you don't even need to mm-hmm. get out of the house in order to compare yourself to other people's mm-hmm. highlights yeah. of what you they portray as highlights and their uh, yeah. amazing lives um you're comparing yourself to yeah and also i was heartbroken fake. you know yeah. Um, so everything I'm saying has nothing to do with social justice. Yeah. It had a lot to do with like, you know, a break of why I'm doing what I'm doing because I had dreams and hopes of, you know, like a romantic, uh, concept of how I'm going to inspire people and make films that will make a difference. And then, you know, you get jobs and most of the time just kind of look for the next one. Mm -hmm. Um, and you lose kind of the purpose of why you want to do it in the first place and you go to the... you know, so this is, and I think this is something that is very relatable for a lot of people, yeah. you know, our generation, um, because we were still like, we don't, we're, yeah. So 
Never mind. Um, no, I was, I, I, I was thinking I, too, I, I too fast. I agree with that. I agree with the, the idea that we are constantly comparing ourselves and we're not, we're not focused enough on ourselves as individuals, meaning we're not comparing ourselves to ourselves. We're comparing ourselves to others too much. Right. Yeah. And so, but what, but what I'm saying is, you know, there were repercussions, you know, emotionally for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember calling my dad up uh, saying like, what, am, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? Um, eventually the breaking point mentally, you know, the, the breaking point is, was that a guy that was actually younger than me, an amazing guy, one of the most talented, you know, you know, warm, like has his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I had a privilege of, you know, like actually, you know, being involved somewhere as an advisor with his thesis film is, you know, in high school. Yeah. Uh, because we were, we went to the same uh, high school. Um, and he came and he wanted to kind of like ask me a question about should he go to film? And I'm like sitting in my shitty job and I look at him and, and I said like, but who's going to make films if not, not you, you know, because like, I believe in that guy Yeah. and actually that guy is not with us anymore. He decided to check out, um, you devote the film to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember it just startled me completely because it kind of threw me off. And a lot of times I think that, you know, these kind of situations would kind of send you into like soul searching Yeah. because I thought to myself, how does a person who is that candid and open and creative and not cynical feel like he does not have a place here? Mm-hmm. And I took it, you know, very personally asking myself, do I understand the game? Because I don't feel like I understand the game anyway. I don't have the elbows for this game. I don't understand the rules of this game. I don't. You know, I, I don't hold my cards close to my chest. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how to play hard to get, you know, in every aspect of my life. Um, and, you know, and this is this is right this is May before, 2011, uh, May 20. This yeah. Is right, yeah. Leading up to it. So I was like really in a place where I don't understand anymore why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. And I think when you lose purpose or you lose meaning to that race, mm-hmm. you kind of get, you know, you kind of get thrown off thrown off it and all of a sudden you get a different perspective so when i got the phone call from my landlord (laughs) who said listen you have one month to find a new place to live because the entire building is actually getting renovated so uh you know you all have to find a solution so all of a sudden you have 11 different uh apartments some people are are like families or old people or whatever everybody's Mm -hmm. trying to like screw you over uh, no, everybody's trying to find a solution, and y- you have a deadline, and the, the you are very fragile in that and way. The other tenants, I thought. Yeah, so searching, everybody yeah. started looking for apartments, right. and I started looking, searching, and I was in the same apartment for two and a half, three years, um, and it wasn't like I this wasn't was paying. This was in Tel Aviv. An, that was in Central Tel Aviv. Uh-huh. I was living with a roommate, yeah. um, and I started searching, and the prices just spiked. So I, you know, and also you, today you, it would have been a bargain. The prices of right seven years. So ago. The, th- the thing, <laughs> so the thing is, it also gets you a bit jet lagged because you know um, you if you work all day and all of a sudden you need to apartment search, apartment mm-hmm. hunt, right? So all of a sudden this is a time you need to go and see the apartment. A lot of times you would go and you want to understand that people lie to you and the apartment looks completely different than what they said. 
Um, they create pressure but say by saying everybody wants to see this apartment come at the same time yeah um, you know the he price had story the when, when right. actually with the who was the guy when you just left the place and it was someone else just ah, I saw an apartment on Shenkin yeah and I, I we left the place and we told him we like we were talking to him downstairs and as we're talking to him some guy approaches and And he's like, and we understand quickly. We had seen this guy also at two previous apartments that we had checked out. He had always like, he'd been at the same apartment. And then we saw, we, we understood that he was there to see it. So we told him, okay, we'll, we'll speak to you soon. And we walked to the bus stop at the end of the street. And we're like debating it, thinking about it, calling people, consulting. And then we, okay, 10 minutes. He already and we closed. Decided, and he closed. Yeah. So that's that what we're talking about for the people who don't understand what the yeah. market looks like Until back then and today yeah. also. So basically, you know, but, but so then you go and you go watch the apartment. Forward. But how? this is the most important thing, you know, you wanted to see how... The, the, the reason that I'm actually emphasizing it is yeah. that, that there was something... I didn't know where I was heading, you know, mm-hmm. the decision. Like I saw this one apartment just broke me, but I was broken, you know, like... From all directions. It was the catalyst. Yeah, it was it was, the... exactly. But it was a process. And during yeah. that process, you also have the atmosphere of people going out all over the world. And it looks different everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because in Spain, it was unemployment as well of, yo- yeah. of young adults. So it also started differently in that way. And there was um, the whole Arab Spring also. Right. So, it was, so yeah, it was, it, there's always, an, so, uh, you know. This, this atmosphere of people standing up for themselves. Exactly. Or, you know, just wanting something different, you know. Yeah. So the reason was like, I, I need change in my life. And yeah. also like, I'm running out of time and I'm not going to be able to, you know, and because the prices went up, I kind of started crunching the numbers and understanding that if I don't get paid on time for one month, I'm on the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... You know, that was my solution. I just called up a friend who also was seeking for an apartment. And I just called him up and said, like, listen, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't see my apartment anyway because I'm at work all day. Uh, I want to save up, save up the money, you know. Yeah. Um, so fuck it. Let's just, you know, let's just open instead of the door to our apartment. Let's open a tent at the end of the day. It doesn't really matter. How yeah. did the idea come up to you, though? It, I don't know. Just popped? Popped. Just like that. Yeah. In Rothschild, you knew it's going to be in I Rothschild? I wanted Habima Square. Habima Square in Tel Aviv is a symbol for, um, you know, uh, this is the National Theater, so it's supposed to be a symbol of success. But young actors who get to go and work there are actually paid minimum wage, and they, you know, they also get, need to sign contracts that are, like, unbelievable. And they just finished renovating during that time the building in, like, 120 million dollars. shekels mm-hmm. so just the absurdity of you know uh you know my generate and it did not look like a part of the city during that time i wasn't yeah. used to it as well um so you opened the facebook group the yeah. facebook event yeah but and there is a discussion going on around it by uh, after a few days like i was a pain in the ass it. yeah it, people started joining but you know i was busy Being a pain in the ass telling everybody you gotta come making making phone calls you know uh, the second, media was interested the media was, was, well, build up. when Yonatan actually you know approached you know there were like 80 people in the event it was very right. very small because he wanted to show I'm not gonna succeed but I saw it as a vote of confidence so it made me feel like okay I'll give you the fucking interview okay but in the same time I'm gonna call up a friend and make sure that it happens in Jerusalem as well 
So I called up a friend of a friend that I wasn't really in touch with. And I'm like, hi, it's Daphne. I'm Danny's friend. You know, you should do the same thing. And, you know, and I was like ranting. Like, we ha- you have to do this as well. Yeah. You know, and he was also out of a relationship. There was also like a, a discount <laughs> for students. You know, yeah. I didn't know all of this, you know. Oh, and he okay. was like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. You know, I'll call you later. And, you know, people continued joining during that uh, day, but he didn't call me back. Is there a day when the Facebook... But just to, just, just to yeah. make you understand how much of a nagger I am. I actually, I remembered he was going to a party in Tel Aviv. Uh, I yeah. actually went to that party. To get a hold of him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so this is a story because, uh, yeah, because the logo was like a tent. Mm-hmm. And actually the idea to change the name of the event from like something really long that I'm not going to even... Emergency, you know, take a stand and take a tent. Something <laughs> like something very not communicative in yeah. that way. Uh, and it became Bedze Ohel, which means a tent is a house or whatever. Is during that party because I actually came there. He was in the middle of a dance. And I was like, <laughs> why didn't you call me back? You know, so I was kind of stalking the guy. Um, he's actually a good friend of mine and also my roommate. Ah, uh, yeah. Now? He's now. Wow. Um, but, you know, he just, he was, you know, not, not in a terms to talk. And he was like, listen, I'm too big to talk to you right now. Not big drunk or whatever. Or like, I'm not in the mood. Yeah. Um, and he just pushed over his friend and said, you should talk to him. And Yotam, he was his partner uh, in like a art magazine. You know, okay. it was an initiative they had in yeah. Jerusalem. You know, uh, he's a graphic designer. Um, and he uh. was just out of school. And we had a conversation and... Uh, Boom, you know, the idea for the logo came up. Exactly. And wow. the next day we changed. So that's how it started, yeah. you know. Uh, but I think what happened is that when it exploded mm-hmm. during the first uh, day and first week is that, first of all, you have so many people that kind of fall in love with the concept of cooperating with one another and being yeah. together, you know. Um, it's it's like it was really a, bi- a big thing about the vibe of the beginning that was very young Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was talking about creating an alternative situation where we actually share experience and also share struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there was a lot of hope and creativity. And, you know, the more it grew, because it started from Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, but mm-hmm. it grew to like 90 tent stations around the city, the, around the country. The country. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Every place was tenth, different. 90, 90 tenth tenth cities. Cities. Like different uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. locations. Ex- they, different locations. So, so, so one of the, rev- one of the um, critical things people said, said and still say is it was the protest was ambiguous. And even when you watch your documentary, it still feels ambiguous. Uh, if, after watching the film, I didn't understand. No, my film is not, in, it was not created to give you information <laughs> okay. about the movement. Well. You know, you want that, no, but, you but, should read Asher Schechter's book. It's a very okay. good book and there is a lot of like academic. But you're here now. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> in what, what. We do want to talk a bit about the protest. Yeah. And, right. And, and, ask, and see kind of. The the film, I guess, it was not again. It was supposed. I, I saw it more of as like a documentation of your emotional journey. Right. But but when it comes down to it, uh, what do you feel was the aim of the of the protest at the beginning and throughout? Because I think that's what Noel was saying is that there was this sense in retrospect, and I guess criticism being aimed at it during the protest, that like it's all over the place. Okay. It, it started with rent, and then it branched out into all these things. So. What was it for you? And what was your aim? I guess, what was your end goal? 
um, my aim changed all the time because I felt responsible for the space itself. Um, so the minute people join, I felt a responsibility to try and make sure that the space can evolve because mm-hmm. the amount of aggression and the amount of, you know, uh, tactics that were, you know, you know, Available. tried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the amount of manipulation that was, you know, trying to break this thing apart was very, very high. And, yeah. uh, from day one, basically. Yeah. Okay. Big forces. Big forces. It started from City Hall. They wanted us to move. I mean, they gave you guys 20 hours, basically, to begin with. And then they said, you got to get out of here. Right. So, you know, it wasn't like people say, come, yeah. <laughs> protest. You know, there was yeah. always somebody on the other side saying, I want this thing to disappear. So you. So felt it started like... from rent, okay, okay, because of just the DNA of the beginning. And most yeah. people, young adults, you struggle know, with that. Struggle yeah. with that in 2011, for sure. And, yeah. you know, now... Tel Aviv has 57% of the population rents apartments mm-hmm. in this uh, city. Some of them work in tech, so they don't really care as much mm-hmm. um, for the prices because they have higher salaries. But uh, it started from rent. But because it evolved, you know, and more and more people joined, it became about housing. Mm-hmm. Because you have people from different parts of the country. Of the country. You have people with different, you know, s- struggles and pains, mm-hmm. you know. And they also start talking about it. And then all of a sudden you understand that in order to solve the housing issue in the country, mm-hmm. you actually have to solve all issues in the country because for some people it's minimum wage. Yeah. For, for others, it's mortgages. For others, it's pensions. For others, it's rent. And you have more and more people who are allowing themselves to share. And who did you feel was going to solve these problems? Well, there was government during that time, as there is government today. Okay. And Even the I same think, prime minister. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Let's not talk about it. I'm him. just bored about, you know, I don't yeah, want to talk okay. about the prime minister because I think that, I think the system, there's something about the, uh, the foundation of the game that is, you know, really, really broken. You thought it back then and you still believe I in still it believe now. I still believe in that. Yeah. I, I, t- I, can also... I totally agree with you, but I think we think in opposite directions. Whatever. I'm, I just I just want to finish my yeah, my sure. answer. Okay. Because you said what it was the aim and why it didn't have a list of demands and I want to tell you that this was the first time in Israel where people actually showed without shame mm-hmm. their paychecks to a camera. In 2010, okay, there was not enough social discussion in this country. We are yeah. a country that everybody always talks about security. This is a place where you need to be strong. You know, mm-hmm. also you have the indoctrine of neoliberalism where if you succeed, it's your it's because of your actions and your actions alone. And you don't feel that's true. And and if you are, a, you know, a fail, you know, if you are a poor, then it's your fault. And no, mm-hmm. I do not think it's true because I do not think that somebody who is a CEO can do anything without his staff and without his customers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that people who are born in a wrong color, wrong place, you know, yeah. um, have a, a better chance. And I think that a part of how, you know, you get uh, people kind of to believe that everything is okay. It's all about, you know, what do you do with it is that you have, you need to have success stories. So these are like really, really, you know, stubborn people who have, yeah. you know, the, the emotional capacity to kind of struggle and kind of mobile, mobilize themselves up the food chain. But most people, okay, are not in that situation. And, you know, in Jaffa, 
you have a third of the kids that don't know how to read. Yeah. So you can say like, but, this is all about your own personal choice, but it's not that simple. And I think that also when you are succe- succeeded and you, if you have people who have a more, you know, uh, supportive family, uh, yeah. you know, uh, have more uh, opportunities, you can just see the amount of people, for example, in places like, uh, you know, in the, the entertainment uh, industry, that just because they are kids of people who are in the industry, Yeah. already they get more chances but I, I think that you have to provide people with some kind of equality of opportunity but you can't ensure an equal outcome you can't tell them that of course not so but that's not what I'm saying you want to you want to level the playing field I don't know anymore I, you're asking me now we can talk about the ideas now but if I'm talking about the movement itself yeah this was a primal scream of an entire country and even people who did not join because they were afraid that it was too left-wing or whatever because this was a part of the manipulation, you know, keep, keep you guys divided, you know. Yeah. Uh, two people who never stand in line, you know, divide the people who actually do stand in line together to, yeah. you know, to pay their taxes, you, to go to the post office or to, to buy their groceries. Um, do you feel that the, that the protest did lose something in the fact that it kind of embraced all these uh, no, different aims? No, I think it was... You think it was a success First of all, you, I, think, I think that, you know, the thing... Now, now you're talking to me in 2011. I think we made a lot of mistakes. I think that this was a part of the price that, you know, of being green in that way. But also being green was authentic and it also created a groove to it and... Uh, and Uh, an excitement to what can happen and something not cynical mm-hmm. okay or too planned uh, because you can see that there are a lot of protests in the country now and a lot of them are planned or try to plan and we you know we work with our brain too much and I think that movements you know come from the gut and you know from emotion people don't do anything in the world in this world you know they don't come from their gut in that way um, I think that the fact that um, You know, people express themselves the ideas, you know, the basic ideas, the notion that you can talk about these things stayed. This is the most important thing that the movement created because it's an event. It's not a party and it's mm-hmm. not an NGO. So it doesn't go and occupy other people's interpretations and solutions that came after. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a big bang. Okay. And after yeah. that, you have a lot of different organizations, groups, interpretations of groups of how do they want to advocate for change. So you have public housing and then you have, you know, uh, organized work. And then you have all of a sudden some girl that decided to change one law that actually, uh, you know, affected me as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you so know, there are like a million things that happen. And you feel that the movement was kind of a, a, a stone being dropped in the pond. And then there was this ripple effect that had still. To- That's yeah. still happening yeah that is that is still changing absolutely and also there were things that changed it's not like there was no change but the main mm. things didn't change much I think yeah but now we, if you want we can talk about why and you know the Before, complexity I, sure. you know of, of uh, the reality um, I just want to st- say that like I really opposed uh, the protests back then I uh, I why why Because well, uh, when when this happened, I was one year uh, after the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished a year in which uh, me and my girlfriend back then uh, we stayed we lived with my parents. 
we worked really, really hard. I even worked next to Rothschild. So every morning I would come and pass by. I was going to work and the people there were just hanging out and it pissed me off a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, we worked in two jobs. We saved, like, let's say 70,000 shekels each in one year. And not long after, we bought an apartment uh, in Haifa, not in Tel Aviv. But we were 22, you know. We worked hard for one year. We didn't go to a, a, a trip after the military like most Israelis do, and they pay a lot of money for it. And we bought an apartment quite easily, quite easily with the mortgage, but it was really doable. So the base that you're talking about, the basics of the protest... So the base of your... Um... It's very personal. Uh, exactly, like it's not, it's but, ve- but that's what I'm saying. So you had your own experience and you yes. decided to judge everybody else just because it wasn't your experience. And I not think this everybody, is a part... But if you say this that is you a cannot part, buy no, an apartment, no, no, no. But nobody was period. talking in the beginning about buying an apartment. It was about rent. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So this is your story. And yes. great for you that you bought a place and great for you that you had the ability to do it and to also save up that much money because of it. You know, with your girlfriend, you know, this is a very specific situation. It is. Okay. And, you know, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you have abundance. Okay. If you do, I'm happy for you for it. Okay. But this is not the situation that is common. Okay. And I think that there is like also a norm became that, you know, out of your own personal experience, you start judging everybody else. And I think this is an issue. And this is an issue that we need to address now. I'm not let's, talking about 2011. Okay. Because okay. This, is, this is a real issue. And I think this is an issue also of a, different, of, of a, a sort of class. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you may. Because during 2011, and this is my interpretation right now, um, of the way I say it, we were marching all over the world, you know, saying we are the 99% in different variations. Okay? Basically, the people who are sitting here right now are a part of a class that is actually the audience of the 1%. Again, again, again. We are a class. Okay. Okay, we are part of a class. We are the 99th. Me? Percent. You, you, my friend. (laughs) Absolutely. You are the audience of the 1%. What does it mean? I'm sorry, I'm not following. Most of the people in the world do not have your kind of abundance. Uh, Mine as well. In the world. In the world. Yeah. Okay. 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 The world is okay. Let's let's stick to Israel. No. Why? Because you said so. I'm trying to make a point that okay. is a bit, a bit more. Uh, okay. You know, uh, global. Major, global in that okay. way. Okay. Okay. So you have people who are running in a certain pace. Okay. And we have more options. Some people are becoming digital nomads. You know, there's a tech class that is evolving. We have more relocations, more opportunity. Uh, the work structure is different, you know, and basically we are also have the ability to learn, okay, and evolve in our terms, okay? But this is not the, the majority of the world. So I think... Yeah, because the majority of the world lives under, you know, authoritarian dictatorships. Yeah, and also, you know, I have other struggles like, you know... Uh, extreme poverty. Yeah, and because, but, but I'm saying because they live in a non-free society. But we, if we compare the free society, like the free world, which is you know uh, most Western countries, Europe, America, and Israel, then, just, then how can we, you? I don't know how you can say that with everything that is going to happen, going on now in France, for example. You know, then you have things that are happening in the United States. You see, Trump. Trump is a reaction of the peripheral areas of the United States in many. In many ways, there's more yeah. connecting Tel Aviv, New York, San Francisco, Berlin, Madrid, you know, 
capital cities, you know, or like big cities in the peripheral areas of the countries, even in the West. Even but I'm saying, I think if world. you take the Western world, I'm, I'm not necessarily in the top 1%. I mean, I'm not going to show my bank account to the camera but <laughs> it's it not wouldn't about, be it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be showing a, off <laughs> try to understand what i'm saying you do have more mobility than most people okay because i'm a white male no no <laughs> okay well, also what? What? yes but i'm not going to take the discussion there okay. i'm saying that i i feel you know i feel like i'm a part of a global community i want to be good you know I feel like we are the 99%. And I think that, you know, some of the people from the 1% but want to be a part that, of it. I but get just what, I let get what me you're saying. My, oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. But you have okay. to also understand yeah. that, you know, that we also have power over other people. I get what you're saying. I think that that, but that's the issue is that. That's I, the issue? I, no, I think that it's, it's, it's noble in a way to want to change the world, but everything has to start with ourselves and that's that's maybe kind of a good uh, metaphor for the for the for the protest it's like every, it's a great thing to want to, to fix everything but i have to start with me and the people i love and my family and then i can't lie to myself and say that i care about the starving kids in africa i mean i think it's sad i really wish that there weren't kids dying in africa um but that's so like '90s, by the way. The, the whole like starving kids in Africa. No, but you can, I mean, but you can see the statistics are. in Yemen. There still are right no, now. I know. It's, dying out it's, of starving. It's somebody, tragedy. You know? It's tragedy. No, but, it's not. It's not but tragedy. It's, I can't lie tragedy. to myself and say I actually spend any amount Great. of time in my day. Great. This is a good place to start because that means that you understand that you have the privilege of not thinking about it. Somebody else is paying the yeah. price right now. Okay, of something that is wrong. And rigged in the system and a lot of times you will hear a lot of different stories in israel now we're going back to israel of people yeah. who experienced you know sickness experience you know uh i don't know bankruptcy experience uh, lose of work you know the, you know um uh, you know, yeah, losing a, a parent that are victims here, of, and also of... financially fragile yeah. you know we are financially fragile we are not uh, the minimum wage worker who is actually being punished for, you know, doing the work they're doing. Yeah. And Israel has a, an amount, an amazing percentage of people who clean your stairs that have a third degree, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, okay. So this is this is amazing. This is. I mean, I don't, you know? I don't, I don't know the statistics. I'm not going to argue with the yeah, statistics. But what, but what I'm but, saying but, is, but, I think that. But, there's... but you understand my point, you know. So, but if you talk about the protest itself, the most important thing is that people were okay for the first time, you know. Saying that saying they're, that they're struggling, and this was a huge thing. And I think that you know, not giving a list of demands was very important because also there was a, a distrust, and people kind of said to themselves, "I'm never, you know, I'm gonna be falling between the chairs or between the cracks because that's what happens to me every time." And government really wants you to give a list of demands. You know why? Because the the essence of it is, when are you going home? Okay, let's get to a deal. Okay, and in that deal, we'll have a contract where you get what you want and you leave me the fuck alone. Okay, and, that, yeah. and when you want something really, really basic to change, then this is a beginning of a journey and not the end of it. Absolutely. So in I, that, but I think I think that that's why that every time you go knocking on the government's door, it should be to take away their power and not to give them more. 
And I think that many of the the aims of the of the protest were to say we want public housing, we want public From transportation, you, we want. There. Yeah, it's like. Are you a libertarian? Yelling. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it's like I'm not a libertarian. This is something you need to say liberal. in the beginning of a. I said, I said that. We, no, that that's I not true. You didn't say that. Anyway, <laughs> that was I'm not a that libertarian. Was, because I'm that a, that that kind of frames the entire. Like, can we start from the beginning? <laughs> I want to start this conversation knowing <laughs> you, that you are a libertarian. Classical liberal, I prefer. Okay, But I'm an Israeli, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the Can I say genres. something, guys? Yeah, can yeah. I say something? I want to address the thing you said about judging people. Look, I don't judge anyone until they come complaining and want my tax money. Then I, I allow myself to judge them. And He sounds I, like a libertarian, too. Yeah, well, but I mean, I don't judge any, anyone should do whatever he wants until what? No, I was going to say yell at him. <laughs> okay, but I'm drawing the fire right now to me. Uh, uh, but uh, when you start complaining, then I will judge you. And no, by using the word complaining, you already judge when people but express I, something. Just, okay, I just want to so say So I want to I want to ask yeah. you. Okay, I want to ask you a question, yeah. okay? Because I don't want to debate this. Okay. Okay, because this will lead us nowhere. Okay. This is your perspective. This is my perspective. Sure. I am by the way not a classical socialist. You know, I am in conflict all the time between wanting you know government to leave me the fuck alone to understanding that when people individuals have too much power and power is power too much power to government is not good too much power to individuals is not good you know why prices in Israel are not going down because people don't want to bring them down it's very very simple people don't like to lose power people are very very um, you know scared of change and And I think that in that way, they also preserve certain situations. So, you know, this is a paradox that we live in. And, you know, the, 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 the division between the right and the left, financially, security-wise in, in the country, is just irrelevant. Because you're always, you always need to kind of, we need new ideas that will allow us to be in conflict between different concepts that are a part of us. Because I'm sure that you don't, you don't the, the reason you feel like this is also because you have a break of trust. Okay, in many ways with, with government. No, it's well, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't the, there's nothing to trust there. Who should I trust? <laughs> okay, so I'm saying no, I'm not saying that there's like they're not trustworthy. I'm just saying that the government isn't like a trust is an interpersonal thing. I don't trust like I trust myself entity. I don't trust. Right. Google. So this is a concept that, that that's what I'm saying. Like you don't you don't look at social uh, security and what it does. Well, you don't see certain do things. Well. It's not true. This is. A part of the problem of break of trust now the amount of They data you my, have about my that, money no I know there, I it doesn't mean that the system is not broken however it does work in certain aspects and trying to take every certain structure that mankind actually created and say like none of this is relevant is also kind of you know it's also kind of a problem you know so even if you want to change structures and you want to build something new I'm sure that deep down within your within your soul you understand that some people ha have you Less opportunities than you and they need more help okay and they need also I, a support absolutely. system I think I really, I really think that that uh, I mean we agree on the basics of you know reducing human suffering I really think that okay that's an uh, that's an opportunity that's a great, for everybody and an opportunity I think I think people great... have opportunities in Israel I, I mean I knew people I know people and I talked to people who had nothing and and started with like in, grew up in Dimona do you know people that had you nothing in your perspective and your interpretation and still have the same amount of you know uh, you know financial opportunity now 
this is more important and in you know and enlightening to me to hear you talk about because of course you will f- you know in your uh, you know in your bubble you will meet the people who actually made it through but do you know people who actually struggle you know uh, uh, on a daily basis understanding how are they gonna you know all my put... friends from film school <laughs> basically Tachlis. like well, many people from film school are struggling right now. I struggle, struggling in a but... way for example of you know a mother for three who ha- is actually living in the south side of your city mm-hmm. and you know is still in line for public housing and does not get alimony okay and has one kid that has special needs yeah. and if and she does not know she does not have a notion of dreaming okay because of the you know the the way she was brought up and the only way that she will be able to go out working is by um, you know volunteer you know by uh, you know, giving back the money, you know, that she's supposed to get from Social Security. So this is a loop she's in. Now, she needs to find a place to live. This is not, a, you know, a theoretical, you know, example. This is a life of a person that I actually know. If you want, I, you can okay. meet her. But what I'm saying is that that person is in a place where she has three kids, okay, for example, and she needs to make sure that they get something to eat, send them to school, Okay. She chose to, do, to bring these kids to life. You know, this is just... What, what about compassion, my friend? Do you have any compassion? I do. But would I you also... say the same thing to, for, to somebody that is related to you? Yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, you would say, why did you bring those kids? Yes. Then kids. you have no compassion. Why? Why? I, I don't know. I see kids as, as, as strictly financial choice that people make. That's, that's how I was brought up. That, okay, so this is how you were brought up. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, yes. Okay. But I... I Okay, let's but is it but is it but is it the the right perspective or are they m- it's only other my perspective? perspective of course okay. there are others okay but uh, but I know people but like you blame people for their situation not, but I didn't t- talk about these people I'm more referring to my friends my close circles who who went to the demonstration but th- those were not and the only people who went out no but, but I don't I don't blame anybody I bl- I don't blame I mean I I do but I don't like it 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 only um is It only converges on my life when someone says that I need to pay a certain amount I don't see I don't see the moral justification for saying I, I agree with you that that mo- that mother of three is I agree with him and I agree with you I think it's it is an unfortunate scenario to be in it is probably very harsh circumstances to live under but I don't and you know what if there were uh, I mean, I donate, and I, I think that social fabric plays a big role, and there needs to be charities, and that's what communities are about. But I don't see how it's okay, because the government has a monopoly on coercion. They are the only ones that can come knocking at your door and take your money out of your hand. So I don't understand how it's okay to take someone else's money. No, the by... bank can do it too. Well, well that, that's a problem. I mean, I don't, I don't know how the bank takes the way... someone's money away by coercion. I mean, if they're, if they're calling on certain laws in order to do it, then they're using the government. But what I'm saying is the government is basically knocks on your door, holds a gun to your head metaphorically and says, give me your money so that I can pay for this woman's, you know, three children. And that is where I start blaming. Or I don't for I, if, if I'm left or alone. Or for settlers. Yeah, I, I don't think it, for Orthodox people as well. I mean, I would say this about any community that. Yeah. That is not you. Like, basically yeah. yeah so basically your perspective is saying i don't want to pay for anybody that i don't choose to pay for 
Yeah. Okay. Fine. But let's let's talk about. Just, That's your perspective. Just, but I why is that I, not? I mean, I don't see how it's okay to take someone else's money away. Um, so again, this is your perspective. I'm not going to start debating it because the, it just it will lead us nowhere. Um, but regarding the protest movement in 2011, uh, there were a lot of different people that went out on the street, which made us of what it was public domain. Okay, and it brought a lot of different people with different ideas, perspectives, and also needs, you know, and mm-hmm. pains. But many people came with good background, good financial ba- But, background, yeah. right? Yeah. And I would say the majority of Dude, the... Dude, it doesn't matter who went out, okay. you would criticize them. It I'm doesn't not... matter. You feel like anybody who, ha- who is screaming out loud that something is wrong... You know, is not taking enough responsibility over their life. No, and this is anybody, okay. Not no, anybody. No, okay. So you but, prioritize. Yes. But the thing, okay. But the thing is that nobody asked for somebody something for free during that summer. Okay. No, I. Think- Everybody was working. I was working my ass off. So it wasn't about that. But if you don't live at your parents' house with a girlfriend and save up for you know whatever uh, mm-hmm. for like a mortgage, you know, and decide. And are, is, are, and in a way, savvy enough to decide to buy an apartment in order to rent it, you know, to have certain pro- because n- not everybody is speaking your that's, language. That's a problem. Okay, Most no, definitely. the problem is, and problem. this is a part of your class and my class, but, it's, but, but I think that people who are very, very rational and also, are, you know, are savvy in that way and know how to talk business, economics, tech, you know, you kind of think in a way that everybody should understand the world your way. And the thing is that that's not how the world works. And this is a very privileged perspective. Um, and that's okay. I don't judge it. I'm just saying that it comes with responsibility. Okay? If I had to choose between Batman and Spider-Man, I'm a Spider-Man uh, geek. Okay? So with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my life is governed by people who are very rational and, you know, very tech-savvy. Um, you know, and, you know, those kind of people actually define the way I communicate now with people. But I'm actually an emotive person and I have no issue with communicating with other people. And nobody asked me, you know, from my perspective of how I live my life, you know, do I really want those tools to govern me that way? So Look, I, I, I agree that so, I think everybody so, has a different perspective. Exactly. But I then if you are a libertarian, great. okay, yeah. which you are and you are as well, well you know, classical, whatever, you know, you are on the spectrum. Are a little on more the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, everybody needs to have some sort of, uh, you yeah. know, identity, identity and exactly. a t- a title. Like, I don't like Something it, but this is the way. It, exactly. So, yeah. you know, so I, I just I, think I just think that, you know, a part of it is understanding that if everybody should have a right to choose, then we start to we need to start asking what is freedom of cho- choice? Mm-hmm. Okay, what are the concepts and dreams and principles that we live by and who is feeding us all Absolutely. of those? And also, if everybody, everybody has a right to choose. Yeah. Then, you know, what power do you have over other people, you know? Uh, in in that way, yeah, I you know, think that, and in that way, there's no no equal opportunity, and you know, um, government has a lot of uh, bad reputation, especially nowadays because of the break of trust, and they earned that, you know, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of issues there, and this is why I'm saying I'm in conflict all the time between two things, but also I think that certain things have to be public domain, and they need to be available, and also there's abundance. Hmm. We live in a time where there's abundance. There's actually a food chain in this country. I'm not going to say the name, but they throw uh, vegetables and fruit with uh, the price of between 800,000 to 1 million shekels a month. Mm-hmm. Okay? So 
you know, the, but can I can I say something? So so if the spread of abundance those, is also give, an issue there. If they were there. to give that food away, let me just draw a really simplistic, but mm-hmm. just a scenario for mm-hmm. you. If they were to give that food away, yeah, people wouldn't necessarily buy their products, which would right because they would know they could get it for free. The prices would drop. That company wouldn't have profits, and it would go out of business. And then, you know, Point then what would you noted? Do? Um. You I'm don't not, get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I just think it's a bit more complicated, and this also involves regulation of it, of it, in that man. way. Yeah, no. But the most, no, but the <laughs> thing is, yeah, but yeah. the thing is that we that we have the privilege of sitting here and having theoretical discussions. Yeah. When somebody in this country, at the same time, you know, is in real struggle, and actually, what really, you know, it really. I cannot accept it for the reason that the only reason we are here is because someone worked really hard, and it, he was in the exact same situation. Like the person you're talking about, it can be my father thirty years ago or my grandparents, but someone was in the same so situation. Because... Someone worked really hard to get us here right now mm-hmm. and so that never changed right that but it, it was always need thus. To, but do we need to uh copy the same struggle that our parents had to pay in order to justify hard work because right now, in this economy. Okay, you have people opening Instagram pages, making a lot of money doing absolutely what? So yeah. this is also a part of I'd what I'd happily we... get rid of that. Okay. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that our entire concept, you know, of also like saying we need to justify the fact that we worked, worked hard. So we need to compare ourselves to the fact that you didn't work hard enough, you know? So there's anger there, you know? Even when I hear you speak, there's anger there. There's emotion involved. Only about the word privilege. Yeah, but, the thing, the yeah, but what, what do you mean the work privilege? It's not about the work privilege. The, wor- the word. The wor- word privilege? Yeah. The world, yeah, there's privilege in it. Even, even, if, even if it means that, you know, you came from a very uh, poor family, okay, and you had nothing, uh, you know, to eat sometimes, and your parents were savvy enough, strong enough, you know, focused enough, had good education, you know, had good work ethic, you know, had loving parents, you know, that pushed them, even if they had nothing. The fact is that people who live in poverty are not poor, in the in in you know in other ways you know people get brought up with principles and with you know work ethics and with you know but but the thing is that you know it's always judging you know people who struggle and a lot of people struggle there are more people struggling than people who are succeeding you know to overcome those uh you know those uh, uh <laughs> um, obstacles obstacles yeah you know in that way so you know, so, okay, so I, 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 I experienced a lot of bullying as a kid, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I was really strong to deal with it. But it, d- does that mean that, you know, everybody should, you know, struggle with bullying or maybe, uh, you know, like a classroom can become a place that, a that, that has a different syntax just, of supporting each other. Yeah, yeah you know? but I just have a problem with putting victimhood at the center. Because but it's not victimhood. It is. No, it's you're not. Saying, you're saying, oh, great for you that you overcame an obstacle. But what about these people that are aren't overcoming obstacles let's basically promote the inability to overcome obstacles by helping them no it's about but this is also this is simple this is really like a simplifying way to do it because because, i like to simplify yeah but but i mean like let's say you know because the thing is that people work really hard it's not like they don't work really hard but sometimes they need guidance and they need help and you know people work really really hard in order to get 
you know i think that some people who are in line to get the you know welfare they need to get mm-hmm. actually can work in social security by now because you need to even you know you try and fill out those form, forms forms without in, i was in line this week to get unemployment i just got fired okay yeah how was it filling those i forms? wasn't going to because i hate the idea of unemployment but then they called me up <laughs> about a month before right. and they took my money because I hadn't paid Bituach Leumi. So you decided like, I'm going to take it so back. So I was like, I'm going to take it back. Okay, good for I you. I told but him he shouldn't do it. but You didn't tell it, me I shouldn't I do did. it. I did. You did? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but I, I, I agree. I, look, I really, I think we agree final on the basic, on words. the basic, no, Eight I want to give her the final words, but yeah, I think that we agree the on the word. basic point. I just feel like there's a different way of accomplishing it. I really think, and I right. know you're going to hate this word, but I really think capitalism has done more to 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 abolish poverty and human suffering than any other flawed, as it may be, any other flawed system that we have. And I just that's why I I that's why I felt like I really looking at the 2011. I can't say I was that politically involved back then, so I had no feelings back then. But when I look at it now, I feel like. Like, like a, I don't feel like anger or judgment at the movement. Well, that, if like, you it would walk totally... there, you know, like Noor did, you yeah. probably would feel a lot of anger and judgment no, no, on all no, those, no, because, you know, well, people who are hippies. like not working. And, I was just you know, a college kid going like, to parties. Actually, like smiling while they're saying like, I'm having a bad time, but I'm actually, you know, like also having a good time because I'm not alone anymore. <laughs> You know? I probably would have actually joined you guys because I was just a college uh, kid trying so to party. So why are we arguing? What I'm saying <laughs> is that I look back and I feel ashamed because, not ashamed, ashamed that it was like a missed opportunity that like you, you there was all this strength Energy. and it was being directed to kind of like asking for more of what's causing the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like yelling at the government, hey, you guys are, you guys are fucked Eta. up, you guys are corrupt. Eta. And then what? And then Finish. and then asking them to basically solve the problem. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. But if you could, I want to ask a question. You have a last question? Yeah. Okay, so go with it. What's your current biggest dream slash goal? Uh, my biggest goal right now is to find a way to have a conversation with uh, people like you. <laughs> with your perspective financially. Awesome. That is not about... Who has a better solution because i'm not on the other th- side and i think that you are part of this. okay so this is not really my goal you know i'm just criticizing you in the end <laughs> so i don't want to do that um i, I think, liked it i thought that was a good goal yeah, yeah well i already you know that that's it i was kind of like <laughs> that's a great goal i think to have conversations it's like yep. uh yeah but you know i'm off my game now why not why i just i just screwed up my own ending <laughs> do you have like a personal beyond this conversation a personal dream for the another upcoming movie or something on the horizon yeah, for example i think that i can like okay so you know people come and they ask me sometimes advice you know when they want to focus on something you know socially or even i have some friends believe it or not who are not in you know ngos or movements but actually in business that actually come and you yeah. know ask for advice um, or like brainstorm because I'm, I'm good at it. Um, um, so, you know, I always ask a question that, you know, you're 85 years old and you look back and, you, you know, you kind of look and you said, you know, this mountain, I helped to move that mountain. You know, what is that mountain? Mm-hmm. Because it's obvious that whatever you're going to do, you're going to be one person mm-hmm. out of a bunch of people, you know, probably around the world that helped to move that mountain. Because you don't move mountains alone. You don't yeah. do anything alone. This is a part of the, you know, bicy- 
by the way, a part of the problem with how the system works and how it celebrates, you know, the, the person at the top of the pyramid because you don't move mount, mountains alone. So you don't do anything without your workers. You don't do anything without the consumers, you know, without the ideas, without the atmosphere, without the spirit. You know, there's a lot, there's an ecosystem always mm-hmm. that creates opportunity and pushes you forward, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, the person who is leading has a lot of, uh, you know, has a dream and has the goal and has, you know, the, 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 the most, you know, investment in it. Um, but so my mountain um, that I would like to help to move is I would like to live in a world where there's an alignment between integrity and abundance. Okay, what do you, what do you mean? That. I, that's all I have okay. <laughs> in that way. This is a, it took me seven years to, you know, to be able to, um, to vocalize it and to have words saying, you know, I want to live in a world when you, when, you know, your integrity gets, you know, the abundance, not the opposite. A meritocracy. What it what like basically where people who are more have more integrity have more abundance right okay you know when you get more privileges when you are good okay. and you are uh, you know collaborative and you are not bullying anybody um, and you know and you know you are being of assistance and of help and not just th- trying to think how you can make something that nobody really needs uh, in order to make a buck yeah um, you know and using a sweatshop on the way. So, you know, this is just as an example. And I think that more and more people understand that. But, it, you know, so this is my mountain. And I think that this is a different system. Okay. Okay. Uh, values of how we be. Because, because even if you take that concept and you put it in the, you know, in the base of any structure, it changes the structure. You know, uh, because it gives you a vision and like a compass to where you want to lead. And so that's one thing. And also I would really like to have a political identity because I don't have one right now. So I would really, um, one of the goals is to try and find new words, new ideas that have complexity, you know, and allow yourself to also change within the, you know, because I think that the political arena right now is very, very old fashioned. And it's more about, you know, you choose one structure of ideas that only that way you make everything work. And mm-hmm. the truth is that reality is more pragmatic. And, you know, it's... And a lot of times politics is run by the worst, you know, parts of mankind. Scumbags. Yeah. So, Agreed. you know, so it's more about the, how you conduct yourself and the ethics of how you work. And I think it also brings me into point number one. And I can talk about it for no, like another great, hour. But I think those goals. are the... You know the goals and everything else is like okay. How can I be the most effective? I could I could uh, offer some uh, political uh, commentators to listen to, but I don't think you'd like them very much. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> um, later. Sorry, I have to be very strict because <laughs> no, it's we're okay, over time. Okay. Daphne, your movie will yeah. it be screened in America. I don't know. I actually, you know, I have to say that um, I was. We were really not successful getting the film screened in uh, any of the big festivals. And, uh, yeah, I would love to have, you know, screenings. How, how can people who listen, who want to invite you, uh, how can Especially, they... Especially, by the way, especially, like, uh, you know, the Jewish communities around exactly. the country. because yeah. uh, beca- Just because of, you know, this is something very important that happened here, and I think this can also, 
you know, create a discussion about, you know. It has to be said that the film is phenomenal. Oh, it's thank really, you so it much. It really is really saying. good. It's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just. <laughs> I thought it would be this boring kind of like documentary about like events like oh, in 2011 this but it was like it was like almost very philosophical it was like a good it was like Godard I mean I I'm pulling oh. on my no but there really was this kind of like uh, avant-garde like moments in it right you know like the but you also felt close you were you but you were also close to the character right yeah so yeah th- the reason so. that happened is that there was no conflict between the director and And the character because mm. it was all about h- how much am I willing to see within myself or successful to see within myself and then I can yeah. you know portray it no, so you know more bumps uh, like thank you so much moment. No, it great. Ah, it's good to finish in a so in a good in a good in a, if someone wants the right. goosebumps <laughs> how do they contact you um can I give you like contacts so yeah, it will I'll be post in it. the in the post sure yeah sure. so I'll give you an email and okay you but know, you're on Facebook and I'm on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. You're on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't really get Twitter. Everybody's really cynical. <laughs> I'm, not as wi- I'm not witty enough okay. for using that. Yeah. Um, and I'm on Instagram. Okay. Right? And I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't really understand that network. <laughs> Nobody does. Um, MySpace? Do you have any MySpace? Do you have a MySpace account? No. No. Okay. No, I do so- not. <laughs> does that still exist? I don't think no. so. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is the best English I had in a while. You, you have great English. Yeah. Thank you. No, really. Did I, did I make a lot of mistakes? No, zero no. mistakes. Really? Not yeah. zero. Yeah, don't be. Come on. No, you got to be honest so yeah, that yeah, your, honest, your compliments are. <laughs> I didn't hear any mistakes. Yeah, but, but, but he, you're not, you, yeah. you're not I, I a few, but like you have really good English. Okay, okay thank really you. Okay, before we go, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal, jewishjournal.com. They're a news outlet in Los Angeles. Check them out, guys. They're yeah. great. And... And we do this on our free time, so give us all your money. That's it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> what, what am I doing? You just finished the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, go, no, no, say it. Okay, go. so if I can ask you guys yeah. uh, to also put some links um, that will allow people to read about the movement because I think that our conversation was kind of like all over the yeah, place. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this will you know, allow them to yeah. kind of Tell connect which... to the linear... Definitely. and I will be able to send you links that are actually yeah. accurate okay, okay. Yeah, definitely English. don't I would always urge our listeners right. at the end of every episode do not listen to anything me and Noor have to say we don't know anything like I'm serious yeah. it's a disclaimer <laughs> we don't know anything so yeah. just read and use your own heads okay Daphne thank you so much thank for you coming. guys for having thank me thank you so much <laughs> good luck bye bye